0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: In '86, Anne M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time The
0: Babysitter's Club. club.
2: Have you ever tried, Jack? Have you ever tried to cut sodium out of your diet? Have no. you ever tried to eat less than two thousand milligrams of sodium a day? No. Why would I do that? It is oh. the hardest thing oh. in the fucking Actually, world. Actually, you
0: know what? I fucking have. For five years in high school, I was on the varsity wrestling team,
2: and you, that's a low sodium and situation? I had to
0: what I had to cut a huge amount of weight to wrestle at the one hundred and three pound later at 112-pound weight class. And the best way to cut weight, to weigh in, is to just lose a ton of water weight. And the best way to lose a ton of water weight is to cut sodium entirely out of your diet because that retains water.
2: Well, that's where I'm at, man. My life is a living hell right now.
0: Well, I can recommend how to do it. What I did during all of wrestling season is I just, you know that cereal grape nuts? Yeah. Just eat that without any milk. Every meal? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's essentially where my life's at right now. I have a brutal cold. <laughs> yeah. I coughed so hard, I threw my back out yesterday. And I can't eat sodium. <laughs> that's really funny. You're like a real Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe is in better shape than I am. <laughs> oh, man, what a, what a sad state of affairs. So, Baby Nation, if Sanders seems a little more
0: subdued and sad and reflective during this episode, uh, that's what's going on.
2: He... uh he coughed and threw his back out. <laughs> Life is a living hell, baby. And nation. the
0: only thing that he has to look forward to, three times a day, is a bowl of dry grape nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to, we'll have to bring um, someone else in. If this continues, we'll have to bring in a third partner to our show to do the, the comedy turns. You know? You're know,
2: saying that's my job?
0: Yeah, if you're going to be
2: like an Eeyore...
0: Who threw his back out coughing. <laughs> and I'm going to be uh, like a pedant right. who won't stop talking about like modernist poetry. We'll have to bring you in think... like a
2: cart, a cut up, a clown. Well, I guess I got good news for you, bud. What? This is a mystery episode. Oh, good. This is a Babysitter's Club <gasps> mystery. Mystery. And we brought in our very good friend and very talented friend. Our dear friend. And very funny friend. Yeah. Aaron... Montgomery Chack,
0: Aaron Montgomery Chack, uh, know What her middle name is? No, but I think it's probably Montgomery. Um, Aaron Montgomery Chack, Baby Nation. Here, well, let's start from the beginning. On mystery episodes, we do things a little bit differently. We read a Babysitters Club, mystery, and we have a guest to
2: to read the book and and discuss with us and uh, bring a little bit we of a force fresh people perspective to take time out of their days. To read a Babysitter's Club book and then come on our show and discuss it with. Yep. And this week we have Aaron
0: Montgomery Chack, author of the hit book of essays, This Is Really Happening, available in bookstores worldwide. Um, and featuring. Also featuring. Yeah. And two lovable side characters. A couple, uh, couple star turns in the book. If you've read it uh, or if you're about to read it, I won't give you any spoilers, but there are a couple of... Side characters who steal the show, Right. let's say, in this book.
2: Uh, they At the time, uh, when they were a part of the stories of Aaron Chack's Tapestry of Life, they were not popular podcast hosts, but right. they are now. Uh, let's just say that they are right now. Uh,
0: speaking of which, hi, hi, and welcome. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Hi. <laughs> That's okay. They know you're here. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, a podcast uh, in which I wow you did a terrible job this is what i'm talking about baby nation he he fucking he coughed he threw his back out he had one too many fucking grape nuts and then he can't you're like what 20 seconds off on the synchronizing with my club
2: yeah it was it was a bad connection i'm gonna blame bad connection i'm right. also like essentially sober as a, a stone right <laughs> sober as a ghost cat hi hi and welcome to the hi, ba- hi. Welcome to the Babysitter's
0: Club. Let me just, let me Club. just get through it. My name is no, Tanner Greenring, and my it.
2: co-host is Jack Shepard. This week, we are joined by Aaron Montgomery-Chack. You don't and we know how to do it. Babysitter's Club Mystery, number three, Mallory and the Ghost Cat. How's that feel? I did a good job, and you know it. No, You're angry because you, I did a
0: good job. No, you did a bad job. It was half-hearted, and it felt satirical. It, it felt
2: satirical to you, but Baby Nation loved it. It felt like you were saying it at me. No, I wasn't. Let me let me have another run at it. Okay, have another run at it. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club Club Club. Off you're off your mark, but that's fine. You know what? I admire you, and I uh, love our friendship. Uh, my name is Tanner Greenring, and my name is Jack Alexander Shepard. And this week we are joined by Aaron Montgomery Chack, author of the book. This is. Really happening. Really happening. God, you're so bad at this. Uh, that was dramatic. That was dramatic tension. That was <laughs> a, a dramatic pause. But that's not the main thing. And that's this true. week we read a book from the Babysitters Club saga. Mhm. Called- Babysitters Club Mystery number 003, Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Yeah. Written by And Matthews Martin. Jack, put a little put a little spirit
0: into no, it. No, you huh? do it, buddy. You're doing it. You do it. Written by who? Who's it written by? Wait, who's this one by? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the writer. It's uh, it's a mystery. Written by
2: Judy Blue, the Princess of the Prince of Towns, (laughs) Anne Matthews, Martin Bane of Bats, Stormborn, Storm Walker, Soul Skinner, Sanctified, and Priestess. First of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. You did an
0: okay job at that, Tanner, but we do have to move on. This week we read a book called Mallory and the Ghost Cat. It was a good one. I thought it was a good one. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's got Mallory. It's got ghosts. It's got cats. It's got Mallory and
2: a ghost cat. And and it's verging on a very special episode. Uh, yeah, it tackles some themes. It kisses it. It kisses very special. Yeah. They, they bring in... Uh, well, we're going to get to the plot. Should we describe the plots for the Baby Nation? Mm. Um,
0: I guess... I uh, think so? Yeah, what we're going to do... You don't have anything
2: to cover? You don't have anything you want to talk about this week?
0: Baby Nation tunes in, Tanner, every week to hear us describe these novels. They listen to this okay. podcast because they haven't read these books, or they haven't read them in a long time, and they want their memories refreshed about what happened. That's why we describe the book twice. We do that here... On the mysteries, and then we bring in our guest to discuss the book a little more, to delve a little deeper into the text, and then, right. then after we've said goodbye to our guest, Tanner and I come back uh, with the, in this case, probably slightly higher audio quality, and uh, uh-huh. we we sing everyone to sleep.
2: I love it, man, and I I think I'm finally starting to wrap my head around how this works. <laughs> it does kind of seem like it. I, or is it possibly just that
0: you're because you got a cold, you don't have the energy to fight me on it?
2: Erin Chack is currently not with us. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah. She's not here. Um, we did just spend uh, quite some time, about about a half an hour, 45 minutes, speaking to her on the phone. But I'm I'm quite aware that she's not with us now.
0: Let's not talk about Chack yet. Let's talk about this ghost cat. Tanner, let's describe this book. Please
2: do. Good. I wish you would. Good. I will. Um, I've been eager to hear it. Have you? Well, I have bad news for you. <laughs> You're not going to describe it?
0: Well, as is a story tradition on these mysteries, uh, I haven't had a ton of time to prepare a description. Uh-huh. S- but what I am going to do is find uh, an equivalent work of of narrative fiction okay, and uh, kind of fill in some uh, some names.
2: Oh, God, I hope it's Ghost Dad. As
0: needed. And I think we're going to end up at what's... Approximates a description of this book. Are you ready for that?
2: Uh, I guess so. I guess I'm a little bitter because it means I have to do all the heavy lifting, but whatever. Wow. I'm going to begin describing this novel now.
0: Rasputin, Patrick Swayze, is a cat. Nope.
2: Okay.
0: Kennedy Graham, Demi Moore, is an old man from the past, and the two are madly in love. However, when Rasputin is killed by a wasting disease that left him thin as a rail before it took his life. He is doomed to roam the earth as a powerless spirit. When he learns about the Babysitter's Club, Rasputin must seek the help of psychic Mallory Pike, Whoopi Goldberg, (laughs) to set Uh things right and reunite with his beloved human cat owner from the past who now exists as a ghost in the present. Mallory... And the ghost cat. (laughs) Kind
2: of really, really fell apart on you right at the end there, huh? I think Ghost Dad would have been a better choice. Yeah. (laughs) Because what you described was neither the plot of Mallory and the ghost cat nor the plot of ghosts. (laughs) It sounds good, though, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I would watch that movie.
0: Patrick Swayze plays a cat.
2: I mean, Patrick Swayze, RIP, has passed away, but uh, that would be excellent. Yeah. Demi Moore is an old man from the past. Yeah, sign me up. star lovers. Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> plays a 13-year-old red-haired nerd girl. Yeah. That's it. That was my description. Hey, Jack, bad. You <laughs> did bad. Look, I'll be the let first old, to admit it. I did a bad job. Let old, let old
0: Papa Tanner pop in Let's here. let old, uh, old Uncle Joe, as I call ya. Old Uncle Joe. You're, I would like for you to describe this novel, and you're going to do it in 60 seconds. And you're going to have to really fill in some of the details for the Baby Nation because uh, my uh, my look, I, I fell short.
2: You fell short, Jack. Yeah, I, fell I can short. I can pick up I can pick up the slack.
0: Pick up the slack. I'm gonna I'm gonna put 60 seconds on this. Big, I happen to have this big bad clock handy. Yep. All right. I'd like you to start now.
2: Okay. Uh, So, Mallory um, is uh, babysitting for a new family called the Cranes in town. Their Aunt Bud got in an accident with her dog and um, can't babysit them anymore. So, she is watching them, and she starts hearing sounds in the attic. It sounds like a cat meowing, and they go up and they find a cat, uh, and they bring it down, and it lives in the laundry room, and it looks like a ghost because it's all white, so they call it Ghost Cat. Uh, While they're up in the attic, they find a bunch of letters from an old old man called something something's worth and they it describes an old man who is lonely and he finds a white cat who he calls something and uh so they suspect that this ghost cat who they've named ghost cat is actually a ghost cat um it turns out that it may or may not be a ghost cat because uh, someone claims the cat and in the meanwhile the b plot is uh uncle joe uh the pike family uncle comes to stay with them and he is old and senile and crazy and time um, yeah, that's it. That's the plot of this book. It really, I mean, honestly, I flipped the. It's called Mallory and the Ghost Cat, but I kind of flipped the A plot and the B plot. A lot more time and attention is paid towards Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, than the Ghost Cat. Um, well, and I think which is which is why it kind of verges into a very special episode because they talk about Uncle Joe being um, having al- Alzheimer's and he is often confused and often upset in his stay at the Pike household. I mean, the through line
0: I think is that it's, it's mostly a novel about um, the dark and unremitting loneliness of old age.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, I understand that because you know, um, what's his face? Cranston uh, Kennedy Graham. Graham. Kennedy Graham um, is the man from the letters from the um, 1800s. Yeah. Who...
0: He has no friends. He's described as having no friends, um, but the, right. at this guy, Cat comforts him in his old age, uh, and then suddenly dies of a wasting disease. Right, um, and then Tinker. Tinker Tinker is the cat's name, um, and then Kennedy Graham wastes away himself. You know what? This was not a fun book. I'm coming to the conclusion.
2: Here's the thing: I like ghosts and I like cats. I love right. Mallory. You love meditations on cat death, <laughs> and you love you love meditations on human mortality. <laughs> Yes, but I didn't. I thought this was going to be a fun
0: romp about a ghost cat. I, it didn't occur to me that a cat. It this is stupid now that I say it out loud. But it didn't occur to me that a cat would have to die for there to be a ghost cat.
2: Right, but you know that's <laughs> the way it works, Jack. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that I think a, be, a better, a more evocative title like meditations on feline mortality?
2: Mallory and the Meditations on Feline Mortality.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that might have given us a better sense of what to expect from this text. Um I thought a ghost cat was going to be fun. I thought like you, it put
2: me in mind of Ghost Dad, which right. is a rom. The- the nineteen ninety Bill Cosby comedy, yeah, Ghost Dad, which is a romp. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be another hard hitting mystery. I wanted it to fall in the great tradition of of Babysitters Club mystery books, and it just it didn't, man. It it left me f- wanting more. Yeah, I I gotta say, man, I don't know if you found a sacred object in this book. I'm not sure I did. I've got some guesses for the sacred object. What is the object? I like a part of me thought maybe it was the letters. Part of me thought maybe it was the ghost cat itself. I'm not sure. You you think you found something though? You think you've got an object, baby nation? Before we carry on, I want to explain to you what Tanner means by an
0: object. Um, In case you're not familiar or you need a refresher on our discussions over the past few Babysitter's Club mysteries, what we have determined is that in each Babysitter's Club mystery, which takes place, the mysteries take place in another, in an other verse.
2: Right, in Elseworlds.
0: an else world from the regular babysitters club. It's it's the same characters that we know and love, Don and Stacy and Mallory and right. Jesse it's, and It's Marianne an adjacent and Christy. universe.
2: It's like right next door to our own the Babysitters Club own universe.
0: But some things are
2: different. Some things right. are different. The characters present as slightly different. Don is a little bit more confident. Christy's a it's little like bit more chilling. Stephen out. King's universe, how like some of them have that one car, like the the spirit or whatever. Right. Do you know the thing about the Stephen King universe? Um, all things serve the beam, baby nation.
0: Yeah. So it's a it's a it's an adjacent universe. Um, things are the same but different. We have a lot of evidence uh, based on these texts that each mystery, in some ways, features an object of power in this other verse. Right. Um, that Anne uses in some way, we think possibly nefariously, uh, back in the the world of the Sitterverse. Right. Um, the first book it, that was obvious, the first novel, Stacy and the Missing Ring. Um, that object ring. of power was a powerful ring. In the second book, I think you decided that uh, that
2: object was s- Bruce Stringbean.
0: Yeah, a stringbean called sentient
2: stringbean. <laughs> I mean, we did not. We never reached a consensus on that. But we, you also never pitched any an alternative. Yeah, better. and we right. we um we got it. We got to keep swimming forward. Yeah, they're not. They're not all going to be um, momentous.
0: I might, baby nation. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do everyone a favor and uh, and dive back into that text in a future in a future episode and s- just just
2: in case. Just you're just gonna do it solo. You're just, just gonna record case. and I'll, I'll, release I'll... your own. <laughs> yeah, director's commentary on that one uh,
0: yeah when we do the director's commentary of these podcasts there will be a scene where i'll be like huh i can't believe that i missed the glowing scepter of truth right and we honed in instead on we, the we string bean. yeah it was
2: bruce Stringbean, <laughs> the sentient string bean
0: <laughs> well here we've got a cornucopia to choose from in this in this book tanner I'll read you one passage that kind of springs to mind. I saw an old dressmaker's dummy standing silently in a corner. The woman who'd used it must have been tiny. The waist looked so small I bet I could have put my two hands around it. An old hat with faded red roses spilling off the sides was on the dummy's head. A bookshelf stood nearby full of dusty old books with leather bindings and gold writing on their spine. My hands itched to hold them but i held myself back
2: i think those objects especially Mm -hmm. the books are described in beautiful detail but they have no bearing on this story okay i think there's another object okay letters said margaret lots of letters said sophie i picked up the bundle of letters that was tied with a blue ribbon and shone my flashlight on them The envelopes were yellowed and crumbling and the handwriting on the front of the top one was pale and spidery. Wow, I said. These are really, really old. (laughs) And those letters, that bundle of letters, would go on to contain all the information we know about... Kennedy Graham. Kennedy Graham and the ghost cat. They would call... After reading them... They would call the ghost cat into this world. Oh wow! Okay, so I feel like it, I I agree with you that those those notebooks and the and the dressmaker's dummy and the hat are all I think those are MacGuffins. I think those are those are described in a in a level of detail that Anne wanted us to think that those were the objects, and maybe she was even baiting um old Hodges. Oh right, she thought that that would be something that Hodges would want to draw. Right. But I think the real object here are these letters which, uh, upon reading, call spirits into our own mortal plane. Yeah, that
0: makes a ton of sense to me. Um, Writing words of power is
2: something that Anne is particularly excited about. Well, and it tracks with the the Lord of the Rings um, overtone of these books. Because as we know in Return of the King, um, what's his face? It sounds like you know you're you're Tolkien, Tanner. I can't... uh, um Boromir tough boy broken sword tough boy uh goes and raises the army of dead I think it's Aragorn yeah yeah what did
0: I say you said tough boy broken sword tough boy yeah Um, he
2: raises an army of dead mm -hmm. much in the same way that um the crane children and Mallory raise an army of one ghost cat yeah yeah (laughs) A formidable army of
0: one ghost cat and one ghost man And one ghost man, yeah, yeah, yeah Kennedy Graham a, somewhere. a man who never gives his name Calls up, they put an ad in the Stony Brook News right. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen Nobody fucking reads the Stony Brook News the, Jack, they're award winning journalists
2: <laughs> at nobody, Stony Brook News.
0: nobody is pouring through The Pulitzer Prize winning Stony Brook News
2: For the like lost cat section Okay, do you do you think that the ad... I think a lot of people I think it's it's get it's got distribution numbers comparable to New York Times. <laughs> do you think that the ad for the lost ghost cat was reluctantly written by
0: Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Chuck Whitaker, <laughs> Chuck Winchester?
2: God, I just can't I get just... it right, Chuck Winchester. What an insult to this prized <laughs> journalist we have. But so what we're, we're supposed to assume
0: that a real man saw a real ad in the Stony Brook News, called the well, number, so, and didn't give Ann his name.
2: And Ellen kind of set up a little bit of tension around this. Mallory doesn't quite buy this story because this guy calls, this guy who this nameless being calls and says... yeah uh that is my cat you found yeah. <laughs> his name is yeah. Ratputin. Yeah. I will come and collect him in two days yeah. that's what he sounds like he sounds like yeah. someone who's speaking backwards yeah he's like played in reverse. I want my ghost oh, yeah. cat yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not how Mallory describes him, but that's it's it's inferred from the text. <laughs> should we try shall I try and say that
0: backwards? Because I know that this is how David Lynch did it in Twin Peaks. Right. <laughs> um the man who says, um, I want I want my Garmon bowls, yeah. So you can do some audio wizardry on this. That's also, by the way, Baby Nation, how um Missy Elliott says <laughs>
2: Alright Jack, put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it for <laughs> me. You ready? Tacug. So, I'm no, I. Baby Nation, I'm gonna do a hard cut right now. We're gonna yeah. play that audio back to you right now. Yeah. And yeah. Very spooky.
0: <laughs> very, very spooky indeed. I have no I idea. Assume, I
2: assume. <laughs> good anyway that's how this old the spooky old man calls Mallory and says that's my cat his name is Rasputin he won't give his name and when he does eventually come to collect him he will not step past the threshold of the pikes he will not or they invite him in
0: he won't come in he's super fucking weird everyone not just Mallory all of the crane children for whom she is babysitting gasp as
2: one, right? Because he is the spitting image of Kennedy Graham. No, and I think Anne clearly wants us to believe that what we are witnessing is a specter. Yes,
0: Tanner, we've. Uh, I feel like we have whet the appetite of the baby nation. Okay. For. Uh, for this text, for this novel.
2: All right. Well,
0: great. Um, I've been Tanner ring. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've wet their appetites. That was an appetizer. What they just, what you just experienced, baby nation. Yeah, was man,
2: a I'm wet as hell right now. I've been <laughs> no. Tanner <Green> ring. Wet. <laughs> wet. There's an H in there. <laughs> uh, I've been Tanner ring. <laughs> no, what I'm saying
0: is that tasty morsel that the, we just gave to the baby nation uh-huh. has wet their appetites and now we're gonna throw to i'm
2: our following guest, you down the path man but you're just yeah. not you're not leading me i don't know where you're headed
0: we're gonna seamlessly start talking to Aaron check and i'm sure you won't notice any difference in my audio quality because i can't see into the future and see whether i fucked up how uh
2: whether or oh not my mic God. was plugged in or not you hey but you did <laughs> i can see into the future and you fucking did well, so that's that's something to look forward to. You uh, fucked it up so bad. We fucked it up.
0: Uh, Baby Nation, stick around through this guest appearance by our good friend Aaron Chack. We're going to come back at the end of that discussion
2: and sing you to sleep. I'll see you at the crossroad, 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 so you won't be lonely.
0: I think that's a reference to the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Baby Nation. We are here today, live, with the great Aaron Chack.
2: Not live. We recorded this a few weeks ago.
0: Thanks for stepping on my introduction of our guest, Tanner.
2: Well, you—it was there was misinformation in it.
0: <laughs> it's live to me, and the most important part of that is not whether or not we are live, but that we have here with us a special guest named
1: Aaron Chack. Aaron. Hello. hello. Hi. I can <laughs> step on your audio too.
0: it's good it's good so happy
1: so happy to be here you guys big big fan
2: i'm here with jack and jack
1: jack and jack it's an act thing it's an act thing yeah and one day we're gonna have our own podcast and you're gonna be on it oh yeah that's
2: cool
0: yeah it's an act thing is a good name for a podcast
2: for sure you know what it sounds like what it sounds it sounds pretty whack to me
1: (laughs) wow burned
2: yeah Aaron is here. Aaron is a, a personal friend of mine and an acquaintance of yours, Jack. Uh, she wrote a book, right? Aaron, we don't we, we don't just have people on our show for no reason.
0: Yeah, we only have celebs on our. We show. only
2: have yeah, we only have fellow podcasters and literary celebs on.
1: Yeah, and uh, what about? I mean, did you guys ever babysit? Because I was a big babysitter. I feel like, you know, that's kind of. Significant.
2: Absolutely not. People didn't trust me with their kids.
1: Yeah, Tanner is banned
0: from babysitting in 49 states. Aaron, the reason you are here is partially because you have written a hit novel called (laughs) This Is Really Happening. I guess it's not a novel. This Is Really Happening! It's a book of essays. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the primary reason that you are here is to discuss a Babysitter's Club mystery.
2: Aaron, how did you inhabit the character of Aaron Chack in your book? Let me
1: tell you guys, it was... Not easy to get into that weird space, you know. Yeah, can't imagine. Yeah, Erin Jack. She's complicated. She's uh, she's not the everyday everyday girl. Who is
2: your favorite kind of tertiary character that only appeared in one chapter in this
1: book? Oh, that seems like a pointed question. Uh, there was this email I sent to my boss Jack, mm. and I felt like that was like a pretty big part of the book.
0: Yeah, I uh, definitely thought so. That really stands out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Cool. Well, moving on from that, why Tanner, did you have a reason that you asked that question? No, I just,
2: I read the book and there was a a chapter I liked in particular, but...
1: um, Was it the one where I emailed Jack or...
2: (laughs) Yeah, that one was good because I was like, oh, I know him. That's my friend Jack. It's my friend Jack talking to my friend Jack in a book.
0: It's an act thing. It's an act thing. Um, I'm so glad we have a catchphrase. You guys, we read a book today. Did we not? Did you read the book, Aaron?
1: I read, I got it right here. I'm
2: which one did you read? Let's make sure we're all in the same page. On the count of three, say which book you read. One, two, three. Mallory and the, Mary the Ghost and the
1: Cat. We're
0: good. <laughs> um, what what uh, letter grade would you give the, the book?
1: Uh, this was my first Babysitter's Club book, you guys. Whoa. This was number one for me. What is this for? 137? What are you at?
0: I would say this is probably our 76th book that we've read.
1: Wow. In the Babysitter's
0: Club series in the Citterverse, the expanded Citterverse.
2: Yeah. we've read a lot of these damn things what uh what did you think of it aaron did you like it objectively
1: i gotta say it's the best one i ever read best book
2: <laughs> i have ever read in my life um what, did you
0: what, did you have a character that you identified with
1: oh yeah i really felt like um the ghost cat and i we were like, <laughs> yeah
2: i saw i really saw you as an uncle joe
1: oh <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so kind. Yeah.
2: You're, you're kind of like a cool uncle, even though uh, you're a woman and um, several years younger than me. Uh, I think of you as a cool uncle.
1: Thank you. I, you know,
2: I, that means a lot to me.
0: Avuncular is how you're often described um, in the many <laughs> Amazon reviews I read of your hit book. This is really happening.
2: Does that mean uncle-like? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's the only adjective that means uncle-like. <laughs> <laughs> you only got to learn one do you read your amazon reviews aaron
1: um i was reading them for a while when i had five stars across the board and everybody writing in was literally just my cousins but then (laughs) recently i uh i took a look took a little peek and there was this like very pointed review uh three-star review where somebody was like oh i thought it was pretty good not quite as funny as (laughs) mindy kaling's book though so Mindy Kaling like, is
2: a beloved comedian and entertainer.
1: And yeah, g- that's a given. That's a given. But I click on this person's profile and they'd reviewed seven other things. It was like seasons one through six of the Mindy Project and like all <laughs> of it. <her products. laughs> and then I was like, is this Is this Mindy Kaling? Did she make a fake... Amazon profile just to, like, just make me feel bad about my ethics. I, well,
0: I like the idea that Mindy Kaling is on
1: Amazon reviewing all of
0: her own projects and then going to other people's projects <laughs> and being like, this was really good but not quite as good as Mindy Kaling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, yeah, that's exactly what it felt like.
0: That's beautiful. Um, you should put that in the blurb on the back of your book. I looked at your Amazon reviews and I can tell the Baby Nation that they're um, mostly five stars, which is nice. Um, I mention it because old Tanner does not read our iTunes reviews, even though they are mostly five stars. Thank you for that, Baby Nation. Too um, scary. It, but there are there are the occasional uh, tough ones, and like those, I don't want to really hear about it. Out, yeah.
2: I feel like the occasional tough ones are always about how uh, people are um, angry at you.
0: Yeah, the bad ones are usually like <laughs> Tanner seems like a guy I would get a beer with. <laughs> <laughs> and I would definitely listen to this podcast if Jack didn't keep interrupting him with his bullshit.
1: <laughs> oh, and you it doesn't you have no feelings towards that. You don't feel like you need to cry for like six days after reading that or anything?
0: I'm British so I don't express feelings. Oh but you're feeling about them. It. it cuts me to the to the quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that Mindy Kaling girl, I'm still thinking about it, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Mindy, Mindy Kaling, if you're listening to this, stop stop leaving like Mediocre reviews <laughs> on
1: our
0: friend's <laughs> Amazon account. Um, we must talk about this novel. I can't wait to talk about it, you guys. I am amped up
2: to talk about
0: it. Okay, so we will have a via audio wizardry already described for the Baby Nation. If wait, Tanner... Jack,
2: look at this. Look at this, oh, Jack.
0: Oh, God. Great. What? what,
2: what? <laughs> Jack, I'm just showing you that I have my phone this week. Oh. oh.
1: <laughs> okay. I thought you were trying to show us Something on Aaron, your phone. Jack hates it
2: when I have access to my
1: phone. <laughs> oh, is it because my favorite segment happens when you have your phone? Is there anything favorite.
2: you need me to look up or Because uh, no. you've you've invoked it now, Jack. You've you've drawn it out into this world, so if there's something you need me to look up, I'm happy to.
0: What I was thinking, if I could, if I could weigh in, um, is that we should talk about this novel.
1: I don't know. Do you think you could Google that?
0: <laughs> Why don't you Google reviews of this novel and read us both the best and the worst review that you can find of this novel?
2: All right. Here's what we got. Here's what we got. We got one five star review, three three star reviews, which is pretty much how I feel about this book as well.
0: Are they all from Mindy Kaling? Are they all like, I really liked this. (laughs) You
1: uh, know, this Babysitter's Club book, it was pretty good, but (laughs) I really prefer the writings of Mindy Kaling. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather watch, uh, settle down with a
0: nice episode of the Mindy (laughs) Project than read this book. It was fun, though.
2: Here's the most critical review. Mallory and the Mystery of Uncle Joe would have been a far more appropriate title for this volume. Wow. And it could have b- easily been sandwiched into the main series as a, a good, if not very good, entry into the series. Instead, we get a YA problem novel ham fisted into a non mystery mystery novel replete with period dated incorrect medical information.
1: Ooh, wow. <laughs> burn. That's how Things I felt about this true. book.
2: This was not, I love mystery books, and this was not a mystery book. This was just a regular old babysitters club book. I thought this book was bad and boring.
1: Oh, whoa.
0: Um, Okay, Let me offer a counterpoint.
2: Uh, I wish you would.
0: This novel, more than almost any other novel in the Sitterverse, with the exception of the novel that it has great resonance with, which is Stacey and the Mystery of Stony Brook, a novel that is referenced in this particular text, leaves unanswered questions that almost certainly have to do with the other side, with the occult in this there is in a way that is never addressed very clearly a ghostly cat in this book that is from the other side and a ghostly man who has haunted the fair citadel of stony brook nigh these 100 years driven to death by the grief he experienced after the loss of his beloved cat those facts are undeniable if you read this text that's what fucking happens. A mysterious man, who is obviously the ghost of Kennedy Graham, appears at the doorstep.
2: Yeah, you think that was definitely Kennedy Graham.
0: Did you well, see the scar on his lip? Yeah, he's, the dead, he's a fucking dead ringer for Kennedy Graham, who appears in this novel in the form of his diaries from, from a time past, a happier, yep. more simple time. Right, um, and he's like weird as hell. Like he calls up, and he doesn't have any niceties.
2: No, that's um, true. He just
0: seems off. Jack, do you care to weigh in on this? Do you, th- do you like in your reading of the sex? This is your first full immersive experience in the in the sitter verse in the the sure, world sure. of the sitters. Was your reading that the man who shows up at the door of the Crane's house to pick up the cat is indeed the ghost of Kennedy Graham, and the cat Tinker slash Rasputin is a ghost cat?
2: Or did you not think that?
1: I'm going to say the man is absolutely a ghost. The cat was not a ghost.
2: You don't think the cat was a ghost? Do you think that this ghost is just going door to door to every house in Stony Brook and like claiming every like white cat he can find?
1: He's collecting white cat souls. Maybe he's going <laughs> to use them to get back to the other side? It's hard to say, but it does seem pretty obvious that this man is just collecting these white cats. These I'm going to use quotes here ghost cats but he is the ghost they are not
0: but i think this is something that now this is a pattern that's happening to mallory uh she keeps encountering these spectral
2: animals name another one for aaron the dream horse oh right
1: are you uh insinuating that maybe mallory is some sort of medium or animal medium
0: i well here's what i think i think that for mallory these Spectral animals always represent the same thing. The, the dream horse and the ghost cat represent in many ways something that is unattainable for Mallory. Something that is just within her grasp but that she's never going to get. Um, the ghost cat is a good example. Like they, it seems like they're going to keep the cat. You know, It seems like they have this cool ghost cat and then at the last minute it's taken away. Um, and the same thing is true of uh, the dream horse. What was his name? Pax. Pax. The dream horse Pax. Um, is also something that that represents for Mallory something that is tantalizingly close but impossibly far. There's this like really sad moment uh, at the beginning of this book where Mallory admits my best friend Jesse Ramsey and I sometimes pretend we're horses.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. was that was that relatable for you? Do you guys remember snake play? <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember snake play. Snake play is is uh, a big part of our relationship, Aaron. I mean, we've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> Never gotten around to it. No, but it is—it is an early conversation that we had with you. Is that you are into something you call snake play?
1: Well, yeah. it's—it comes from something I used to do when I was babysitting. Which I this is oh. the first thing. This is like the first note I wrote about this book. Horse play seems very similar, and also her shame surrounding it. There's a line that's like, uh, "But it she says this to- is a deep, dark secret." Yes.
0: Do do explain uh, for the baby nation uh, who may not be familiar in their own personal lives. Sure. What snake play is. <laughs> sure, snake. Who, who may
2: not be a part of this fetish community. <laughs> Excuse me, this
1: is something that happened around children. Um, when I was a babysitter. Okay. So something I noticed children like to do is they like to pretend to be snakes. They love it. Roll around on the ground, slither here and there. They love it. Uh, Who doesn't? So that's something I like to refer to, you know, as snake play. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get on the ground. The kids do a little bit of snake play.
0: The other snake play that occurs in this novel, I guess it's not snake, it's more like lizards. There is a reference to dinosaurs in this book.
2: The um, NBC sitcom or?
0: The otherworldly faction that exists inside the world of Stony Brook. Um, Margaret skipped up the front walk. Hi, Mallory, she shouted. Look what I made. She held up a homemade book tied with a ribbon. I'm an author, just like you, Jack.
1: Oh, and you guys, you guys are authors.
0: Oh, yeah, we're authors, too. Wow, I said, let's see. I paged through the book she handed to me. It was a funny story about a little girl who becomes friends with a dinosaur. Her pictures were quite good. (laughs) Neat, (laughs) I said. And that's me. it
2: <laughs> that's, all. that's
0: all i got
1: <laughs> i like the next line where she just goes i know that. uh, that's
2: not the only dinosaurs are not the only faction to show up in this book jack y- yeah i noticed
0: you want to you want to weigh in with some others well obviously the ghosts are there right the ghosts are there in a big way and i feel like we're giving them short shrift there are literal undeniable ghosts it's not hidden in the subtext there are li- there is a literal ghost cat
2: I think the one we have to worry about is Melody Corman.
0: Oh, tell me more. Because
2: Melody Corman has been taken, Jack. She's been taken by the cat people.
0: Right, which is is a third
2: action. Melody and Karen spend an entire evening playing a game called Lovely Ladies, which seems like a very fun game. But then Melody grows bored with it and starts to act like a cat and spends, I I think, weeks weeks in, in novel time not breaking the character of this cat. She essentially just becomes a cat. Anytime you speak to her, she says, meow. It's method acting. I don't think it's method acting, Jack. I think she's been taken. Okay, I think well, we've I, got our first Stony Brook casualty. Th-
0: there's a faction. We don't know much about them except that Louisville, in the, in the universe that the Citiverse inhabits, Louisville, the city of whence Logan comes, has been taken over by cat people.
2: <laughs> right, and Logan and his family, the Brudos are refugees from yeah. Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Tanner, let me, uh, let me back up your point here, that there's something going on beyond the world of cats and into the world of cat people, which are, I think we've established are two different entities, with a, with a passage of my own. This is something uh, our friend Christy Thomas writes in this novel. Cats, cats, cats. Has the world gone cat-crazy? First, it's Mallory and the ghost cat over at the Cranes. Then it's these old letters about what else is a cat. Then, just when I think I've heard as much about cats as I can stand, I sit at the Cormans and Melody herself turns into a cat. Did you guys ever hear about dog people and cat people?
1: Whoa,
2: chills. Yes, I have heard of it, Christy. Y-
0: yes, Christy, we have.
2: <laughs> We're familiar we've been, we've with... We've been covering these books for a year and a half now, we've obviously heard of cat people.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we're familiar with what they are, uh, but not necessarily with what they do. So that's, that's chilling. And I think this ghost cat throughout this novel is not, is not a positive presence. I was, I was butting up against, um, something that probably, uh, is related to a segment that we like to do in this podcast. Okay. Um, that is called the.
1: I've been waiting my whole life to do that. <laughs> I mean, I do it every single time. You guys do it when I'm like home alone listening but to get to do it with you. <laughs> For my, uh, I'll begin since I've introduced
0: it. I'm not sure if that's rude. Um, for me, the the backstory of the ghost cat was almost too much for me to bear. Really? What do you mean, really?
1: Was it not true for you as well? Where the, the cat had a degenerative, some kind of oh degenerate
0: way away. And... You th- oh, you thought that was comedy.
1: Oh, no, I didn't think it was funny.
2: Yeah, no, Erin read it as comedy. Oh, Aaron, I forgot, Aaron, yeah. She was it's comedy. She Great. was rolling in the aisles. I was okay. like, dead
1: cat. <laughs> yes, rich. Did you cry?
0: <laughs> I can't Hey, I shed a tear. Did you? I, I was weeping. Um, we'll let the baby nation judge for themselves. Sure. Let's. Yeah. Let's hear it again. Uh, maybe. Maybe. See yeah. You. No. I'm sorry. I. I so let's. See, let's. Where would you rate in terms of like sad, sad things? Where Where would you put like Let's say ten is the saddest, um, and and one is the least sad. Where would you put a Cat dying of a degenerative disease and leaving his old owner, who has no friends, distraught and lonely until he is driven to distraction and becomes a specter.
1: Just like slightly below, maybe like a <laughs> beloved family member uh, developing Alzheimer's. <laughs> in front oh, of okay. the entire family's eyes. I don't know. I might just slide it in right under see, that. See, that read as comedy to me. Wow. <laughs> you are such different people.
2: Neither really were a blip on my radar. Can
1: I also just point out the man whose cat died like a hundred years ago?
2: Yeah, that's true. That cat's long dead.
1: That cat was dead before you were born, Jack. Let me read the
2: passage so baby Nathan
1: okay, can okay.
2: judge for themselves.
1: Tanner, can you
0: can you like cue in some... Uh... Some tasteful music underneath this uh, in post. Yeah, I'm
2: on it. I see you at the crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. <laughs> so no, in post. Oh, oh. sorry.
0: Two, two things. Two things. Two notes, and I'm sorry because I know I asked road, Two notes. Two notes.
2: Road, so one in Tanner.
0: Yeah. One in post, which means uh-huh. after. It post is Latin for after, so not now. Okay. two Two, uh, not bone thugs.
2: Okay. Why not bone thugs?
0: Because I want something that's tasteful and sad that will kind of that will some
2: like crossroads swelling. is a very very tasteful and a very sad song.
0: All right, so Tanner, queue up um, cue up some bone thugs under this in post, and I'll read I'll read the the tale to you. As I this is letters this is letters that Mallory is reading. Mallory who has a fucking pattern now of going into other people's attics and finding like ancient letters.
2: I think they're finding her.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Oh. no fucking question. Mallory has a connection to the other side. Basically, anytime she goes into an attic, this is true 100% of the time that Mallory goes into an attic in these books, she finds a trunk containing letters from another time. Um, Tanner has just sent us a link to the YouTube video for uh, (laughs) Bone Thugs and Harmony's The Crossroads, which suggests to me that he has not been paying very much attention. I'm gonna read this fucking text. Okay, cue the music. As I am without human companionship, I have taken this cat in and vowed to care for it. My dear Samuel, Mallory's reading this. The girls were staring at me with round eyes, eager to hear more about the kitten. The leaves had begun to turn scarlet and gold. And Tinker, that is the name I have given my tomcat, chases each and every leaf as it falls. He has grown into a fine, sleek animal, and he is my dearest friend. He loved that cat, and I could tell he spoiled it rotten. Tinker had chicken livers for his supper tonight, as I had roasted one of my best hens for myself. He loved the taste and ate until he could barely move. I was getting to really like Kennedy Graham and Tinker, too. So it was a shock to read that the cat had died of a wasting disease that left him as thin as a rail before it took his life. After the cat died, Kennedy Graham was never the same again. He constantly thought he heard the cat meowing, crying as if his heart had broken, and the sound seem to come from the attic. Is that, a t- is that a single tear, Aaron, that I see falling down? Well, let me down check. pretty dry, pretty dry. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, fine. All right, so Dead Cat's has to do it for you. Did you have a tearful moment? Got it right here, Jackie. Oh, good. All right, I'm glad to hear that. Okay, well, I will have to say, I you know, it's hard to pick a moment. This entire book, by the way, is not about a ghost cat. It's barely about a ghost cat. This entire book is about a man... Losing his grip on reality, losing a part of himself, losing any connection he had to his family members. So that is my cheerful moment. I do have this one part that stuck out to me. Um, This is when Mallory is going to visit Uncle Joe after he has to return to Stony Brook Manor. You know, a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have wanted to go on this outing. Or if I'd gone, it would have been because I felt guilty or obligated. Visiting Uncle Joe would not have sounded like a fun thing to do. But thanks to Nikki, I'd gotten a glimpse of what Uncle Joe could be like, and I thought he might be a pretty neat person once I got to know him. You crying, Jackie?
0: Yeah, that caught me a little bit. I'm not going to lie.
2: I didn't have a tearful moment, Jack, but there is another moment where um, Uncle Joe is this kind of gruff old man. He's very mean to all the kids. He spends several weeks with them, and he never gets to know any of them. But on his last day there... She walks into his bedroom and he is showing Nikki Pike a magic trick. Mm-hmm. And like he's the old Uncle Joe that Papa Pike remembers. And that kind of got me a little bit.
0: He's the Uncle Joe that they expected but never got. It's the same thing that these dream horses and these ghost cats are constantly driving home.
2: Do you think Mallory manifested this Uncle Joe character as well?
0: I certainly think so because what Mallory is always experiencing is the distance between expectation and reality, the distance between her hopes and her achievements.
2: I'm not so sure, man. I think Uncle Joe is a dark presence. Well,
0: this is so there's a, there's a T.S. Eliot poem that came to mind.
2: Another uh, piece of literature came to mind for me. Um, it was um, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah, that
0: it? was referenced many times
2: by in this text. Um, Madeline, Madeline Lengel. As we know, Anne only brings up a, uh, another book if it is significant to the text. Do yep. you know the plot of A Wrinkle in Time? Yes. Aaron, do you know it? Have you read it?
1: Ooh, I never read it. <laughs>
2: Um, i've never read it either but it's my it's one of my wife's favorite our cat meg is named after the main character
0: i oh. did not know that
2: yeah and then, uh i jamie already has... loved
0: Meg and now i love her even more
2: yeah jamie has a little tattoo on her forearm of an ant crawling across a string between two fingers
0: um do you know uh, and maybe i should talk to jamie about this instead uh, I read the *Wrinkle in Time* books as a kid, and I loved them so much that I just—I was like, I'm going to read everything that Madeline L'Engle has ever written. And her books get pretty adult.
2: Sexual? Sexual content? Or?
0: Sexual content. No, I, I think nice. probably. Well, I just like went to the library and I just got. I was like, give me everything that Madeline L'Engle has ever written. When I was in fifth grade, and they start Are off. Are you this-
2: sure, young man? You seem pretty young. Are you sure you want to <laughs> read the f- the fuck forests
0: of <laughs>
1: Albion? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I like Forrest. I love the works of Madeline Langle. This seems great. Um, all right, well, you were talking about a wrinkle in time. So what? Let's uh, let's let you finish.
2: Meg lives in an attic, which Mallory states in this book that she loves. She loves being in attics. She loves being around attics. Uh, her and her brothers uh, need to save their father from a uh, dark cloud, a, a presence who has taken over his mind and is um using telepathy to control his mind, which I think is probably Uncle Joe. Papa Pike, whose name I can't remember, so I just keep calling him Papa Pike, is is obsessed with Uncle Joe. You
0: know, Uncle Joe is not the only Joe mentioned in this novel. Uh the G.I. Joe's come up a lot.
2: Bill Bill Corman was gone on about the G.I. Joe's like like a regular Jack Shepherd.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: A very Shepherdian character.
0: Uh, yeah, Bill here. I've got the quote. Bill was lying on his back on the rag rug in the middle of the floor. He was holding a toy helicopter in one hand and a toy jet in the other. Pow! he said, blam, 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 blam. He waved his arms around so that the jet and the helicopter seemed to be involved in an air battle. He was in another world. Um, and Christie's like upset about this.
2: You think you think he he in to borrow a term from A Wrinkle in Time, you think Bill Corman has gone through the Tesseract into another world?
0: Oh, wow. I hadn't thought that. The, uh, the extent of what I had thought about it was wondering what the plane and the toy helicopter was. I assume <laughs> that the plane was the Sky Striker, because that, pro- that was the main Joe plane. And I hope that the helicopter, since they're attacking each other, was the Cobra Mamba, which is for the uninitiated uh, helicopter that the Cobras fly, the uh, the Gyro Vipers specifically who are madcap pilots, fly, that has three different (laughs) cockpits, two of which are
2: detachable. I feel like a real uh, Melody Corman in this moment. Um, I'm glad to see you, but I'm really glad to see Karen. (laughs) Skylar's asleep and Bill is being so boring. All he wants to do is line up his G.I. Joes and talk about which weapons go with each one. (laughs) Yuck.
0: Yeah, why, why did she not like that?
2: Uh, I can I can attest uh, it is very boring to hear someone describe GI Joe vehicles. Well, weapons. if
0: it it would be weird if I mean would it be better if the two, if Joe was fighting Joe if it was like Joe on Joe battle like if it was like a retaliator helicopter with like updraft in there?
2: Aaron, uh, I have a question for you. Or it could be an
0: eagle hawk,
2: I guess. Did you have this week a? <gasps> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh, I'm so happy. The bird of the week happened in the first page, you guys. Uh, sorry, do you mind if I if I go first?
2: Yep, please, no, I wish you please. would.
1: Okay, here we go. Oh, Mallory said, "My mom when she saw the pizzas, the artichokes, and also the salad I thrown together at the last moment. You're a lifesaver. This looks terrific." Is she a window green lifesaver or a <laughs> tropical fruit? Asked Nikki, giggling. She's a tropical <laughs> nut, said Jordan. <laughs> A Bobbicle Hut, said Claire, a little hysterically. Okay, three in a row, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I can barely stand no screaming. That's classic Pike interplay. Beautifully done. It's... The banter no, between Pikes. No, it's really Pikes, good. I,
0: I, I assume, I, I don't want to take anything away from Ellen Miles. I think she did a fantastic job on this book. But the banter between Pikes, I assume Anne must have come in and been like, I'm going to do that.
2: You think uh, that you think that was Anne?
0: Yeah, to 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 reach that standard, it's it's like reading a Oscar Wilde play.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To
0: to reach that standard, you can only you can only have the master. No, of Ellen the craft. Miles
2: couldn't pull that off.
0: Ellen Miles, and if you're listening to this, Ellen Miles, I do apologize, but there's no way Ellen Miles could pull that off. <laughs>
2: um, my burn of the week was also a Pike interplay, if I may. Let's, Let's So this is after Uncle Joe heads back to Stony Brook Manor. The kids have all drawn portraits of the Pike family for him. They're going to go visit him. It was Aaron's tearful moment. They're arguing about whose picture is the coolest, and Mallory says, They're all great, and I'm sure he'll like them all. But I don't think the people who run Stony Brook Manor are going to let you guys in dressed like that. You better put some clothes on, okay? Okay. The three of them looked at each other. Byron was wearing one sock and a pair of Bart Simpson surfer shorts. Jordan was wearing a pair of Mets sweatpants, and that was all. Adam was still in his He-Man pajamas. I think we look great, said Adam, grinning at me. Better than you, you dweeb.
1: Yeah, that was like a savage burn. And, like,
2: Mallory is fully dressed.
1: (laughs) I mean... There's there's not even wordplay there. He just wanted to hurt her.
2: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, that's rough. What,
0: the best that Mallory can do out of her actual wardrobe is still going to be worse than a bunch of 8-year-olds in He-Man pajamas.
2: Right. And her comeback was, at least I'm a fully dressed dweeb, so right. like she even owns it. But yeah.
1: also, wasn't there, correct me if I'm wrong, a part where she has to count to 10 because she's so mad? Yeah, that's, she
2: says, I silently counted to ten. <sighs> we didn't need any squibbles that morning. At least I'm a fully dressed dweeb, I said.
1: So you know it. You know it, Zinger. You know it. She felt it. Yeah.
2: Brutal.
0: I'm going to weigh in real quick with my burn of the week, folks. It's after a scene we have also described. We've done a good job touching on all of the different themes and moments in this novel, everybody. Um, it, This is after uh, Melody has spent the entire day we think tanner you think weeks in sitter time as As a a cat cat. yeah yeah yeah. she just won't fucking stop it's driving everyone crazy finally christy gave up and let melody do what she wanted to do which was lie around purring and meowing and letting skylar and bill treat her like a cat but just before bedtime christy finally had her revenge meow meow said melody i'm hungry i've got the perfect snack for a hungry cat said christy she went to the kitchen, took two leftover fish sticks from the refrigerator, and placed them in a bowl. She brought it to Melody. Here you go, Kitty.
2: Yeah, Mel- Melody doesn't like fish sticks. It's important.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone likes leftover fish sticks from the refrigerator hey, in a bowl true. on the floor. She beat her at her own game. I love
1: it. Yeah. Brutal. You're going to act like a cat? I'm going to treat you like a cat.
0: Yeah. Babies and gentlemen, By which I mean Aaron and Tanner. It has been a great pleasure having you on the show, Aaron. This is my live stream and I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. Would you please do us the honor of telling the Baby Nation a little bit about your book, uh, where they can find it, what it's about, why they should read it?
2: Oh. Who some of the notable tertiary characters are?
1: Yep. Sure. This is really happening as an essay collection, uh, and it's about this one email I sent my boss, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right. not yeah.
0: about That's, that. I thought so, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's a it's an essay collection so it's about my life it's about first kisses it's about young love it's about cancer diagnoses more than one it's about going to college it's about road trips and there's a surprising amount of stories of me peeing on things
0: um and despite all of that it still has very very close to a five-star average rating on amazon
2: Baby Nation, Jack is one of our dearest friends. And if oh. you appreciate our sense of humor, you you will love this book. So please do uh, run, don't walk to your nearest Amazon.com and buy it up immediately.
1: Or your local bookstore. Whatever. <laughs> you can buy one from my mom who's bought about 50 copies off my-
2: <laughs> Just yeah, email but- Mrs. Jack yeah.
1: at gmail.com.
0: Aaron, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Literally, pleasure. my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I Oh, this. thank you. Honestly, just saying the burn of the week. <laughs> I'm waiting my entire life. Aaron, thank you so much for joining
0: us. Tanner and I are going to come back, Baby Nation, in just a second via audio wizardry and sing you to sleep.
2: Ooh. See you at the crossroads, 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 <laughs> and you won't be lonely. Jack. Yeah, it was a real pleasure having you on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, it's been great being here. Jack, is there anything you want to plug? Or um, Doesn't sound like it. Aaron, uh, we'll Aaron will take it from here. Um, do you want to sing the Baby Nation to sleep? <laughs> How about I take it from here? Uh, Baby Nation, we're back, um, as as you can probably me, tell. Me, Tanner Greenring, yeah. you, Jack Shepard, and yep. you, Aaron Chack.
0: Everybody except the third member of that group. It's just me, Tanner, and the
2: ghost cat. You, Tanner. (laughs) Me, me, Tanner. Tanner. (laughs) Me, Aaron Chack. I don't... Listen, Baby Nation, we're
0: going to sing you to sleep right now with a little more discussion of this novel. We have not fully delved into this text. I'm looking forward to delving a little bit more into this text with my good friend, Tanner Greenring.
2: And me, Aaron Chack. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to talk about, my man? I feel like this maybe is beginning to warrant its own segment. What? Well, it's typos. There's there's typos,
0: dude. Dude, there's a notable typo. We right. both caught it. It sounds like,
2: I, but this is not the first typo we've caught, and I feel like it's not going to be the last. So I feel I, like this war—it's warrant some kind of segment. I don't think it's a typo. It's like it's uh, it's. It's propaganda. It's propaganda. It's
0: Anne desperately trying to tell us something in any way she can. She's under the thrall of the scholastic lawyers who keep her under lock and key. They look at every fucking word. The only way she can send a message to us, the close readers of these texts, is by introducing something that she hopes they won't catch.
2: Right. Baby Nation, if you have um, suggestions for what we call this typo segment, mm-hmm. tweet at BSCC Podcast. I'm typo gonna... negative. Typo negative is pretty good. <laughs> and we can just do like a heart monitor. Like beep. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> beep. <laughs> typo
0: negative. Typo negative. Drip. 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 You know what that I'm thinking? That's a T.S. Eliot reference. Drip. 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 Jug. 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 taru. That's what they I mean. It is in
2: italics. It is in italics, applying that it is possibly a quote. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, carry on.
2: Oh no! It had started to rain. I had been having such a good time too. My friends and I were having a picnic in a beautiful meadow. I was eating friend chicken. Friend chicken. And watching Jessie fly her kite. Then the rain started. Drip, drip, drip. I felt it rolling down my face. What is that all about? I'm glad that you pulled that out as well. I was eating friend chicken. I was eating friend chicken. Is what Anne and Ellen Miles have to tell us. It is a dream sequence, but I also think it's it's very clearly um, vegan propaganda. Oh, I'm glad to hear you think that. It's, she's she's making you really think about it. It's like we can all pretend that chicken is this like meat substance that we don't have to think about but no this is these are our friends chickens are friends not food this is our friend chicken
0: that's a pretty good rebranding of chicken by the vegan propaganda industry
2: i feel like maybe the scholastic copy editors are colluding with ann now yeah they're trying to get her message out as well in the past they have been enemies right but now they're they're one and the same. The way that
0: we would have really known this was Anne sending a message it would have been if she had said, I was eating friend chicken and beating enemy bat. <laughs> so this is probably Ellen. <laughs> yeah, this is probably Ellen Miles. Or like she took a message from Anne and didn't get the whole thing. Anne has a very convoluted. She keeps an enemies list. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's a weird dream sequence. Another dream sequence that she references is, um, the Stony Brook Manor from Stacey and the Secret of Stony Brook, the single weirdest babysitter's club novel ever written.
2: Right. Where Stacey meets an old man who was maybe also probably a specter. Yeah. Here's what, here's what Mallory says.
0: Uncle Joe, whom we haven't talked much about, even though he is fairly central to this text, Um, eventually goes back to Stony Brook Manor after staying for a few weeks at the Pikes house. And Mallory says, I stood there looking at the building and remembering the last time I'd been there when the BSC was in the midst of another mystery. We came to visit an old man who was the only living person who could tell us the truth about this house we thought might be haunted. Come to think of it, we never did learn the whole truth about that house. It's a crossroads. Yeah. This house. This house that's where we have to meet them and we have to meet Anne. right so and we won't be lonely so we won't be lonely
2: yeah i want to talk very quickly about this pike family rap
0: okay good because i've got that i've got that on my list of uh must discuss
2: uh, um, a- as as the resident um rap artist mm-hmm. on the podcast yeah uh, may I have the uh, pleasure of reciting this rap to Baby Nation?
0: Yeah, please do. I mean, your name is uh, Tanner, right? And but your friends
2: call uh, my you. My friends call me T. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I am. Uh, I'm known to be one hungry dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Before I let you go on, uh, that uh-huh. puts me in mind of. It What's makes that? me weirdly and unaccountably hungry for a chewy and chorito gooey and chorito yeah, yeah 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 no it's evocative
2: do you think i could get one yeah you're in austin texas man you can oh yeah i'm in anywhere. austin texas home of taco bell the triplets and Nikki were practicing this rap song they'd written mm-hmm. do you want me to lay down a beat um yeah please oh man i'm not good at it keep it going we're the Rappin' Pikes, and we're here to say we're hip, we're deaf, we're cool in every way. I'm Byron, I'm Adam, I'm Jordan, I'm Nick. For a real happening dude, just take your pick. So good. Very good rap. Yeah. And then there's more lines. So, like, the Pike girls yeah. are also doing this nursery rhyme. Yeah. It's called Miss Mary Mac. Yeah. And it goes like this. Miss Mary Mac, Mac, Mac all dressed in black, 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 with silver buttons, 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 all down her back, back, back. And then the two verses sort of get combined. Yeah, it's very cool. It's... it, it, it. In keeping with the jarring
0: sense that this book gives you, it's, it's weird and eclectic and
2: atonal as the well, two— Well, it's, it's transtemporal, too. Oh, certainly. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of this nursery rhyme, I am assuming from the 1800s, and this modern art form of rap. Yeah. Um, let me read when they start to combine here. Okay.
0: Should we do it? Should we do it? Um, do you want to take parts in this?
2: Uh, That's going to be a hell of a thing to do, but yeah, let's do it. You read the girls' part, and I'll read the boys' part. Okay. Do it. She asked her mother, mother, mother for 50 cents, cents, cents. I'm a real jamming dude, and the girls agree. To see the elephants, elephants, elephants. There's no cooler guy than Jordan P. Jump over the fence, fence, fence. They jump so high, 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 they touch the sky, sky, sky. So, hey... Don't be jive. And they didn't come back, back, back. Give the pike high five. Till the 4th of July, July, July. Ooh, that's intense. It seems like maybe they're inventing modern rap. Yeah. Like they have this um, R&B chorus. Yeah. That breaks up the rap verses. Yeah. Which is a very uh, common thing in popular modern popular rap. Popular is, I think, um, in particular, famously by the, the great... The late great uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In their hit song, See You at the Crossroads. Yeah. Um, th- are they, they've they all passed? <laughs> I think so. I think Bone... Well, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Tanner,
0: that was an interesting discussion. Uh, Thank I wanna, you.
2: I want to say... Thank you for uh, those kind words.
0: I want to bring up one last thing before we get the fuck out of here. And, again, just runs
2: roughshod over our ex-friends the delanys she keeps bringing them up but like
0: it's so weird baby nation you delanys may not remember
2: this. dead to Anne. the
0: delanys were karen brewer's best friends they live next door to the brewers right uh she, karen brewer has two best friends Lenny papadakis popular character she she comes in and out of these novels fine yeah and Amanda Delaney. Who is dead and gone. One day, Amanda Delaney is just fucking gone. And we have no recollection. Like, there's no
2: reference in the text to why she's gone. There's no reference in the text to Karen ever missing her. Right. Like, when the Delaneys disappeared, it was just like, there's a new family in the house, and they're called the Cormans. And that's it.
0: It comes up. Mallory just brings it up, and she just she it mentions it in passing. The family that lived in that house
2: before were really stuck up. It's like Mallory's like losing her her grasp on these people.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, like she remember she remembers broad strokes. Yeah, she remembers that they were stuck up. She remembers that they had two tennis courts and a pool.
0: In some ways, I think that it under it underlines what this book and these mysteries in particular are about, which is the slip out of time, out of phase between universes. Right. Like she remembers things that happened in another place in time, but she doesn't remember their significance. Did you also
2: notice that Dawn is back in this book? Dawn she's is back. left for California. Baby
0: Nation. Dawn was uh, if you remember back into the early early episodes. Dawn was one of the babysitters. It's hard to think right. about now. Now, yeah, but she f- fucked off to California and good riddance.
2: But now she's back. But and now she's, a she's ghost back, hunter. and she's a ghost hunter. So I think these are just—it's yeah. a weird timeline, man. It's an Elseworld. We can't—it's not It's not healthy to focus on the Delaney's because it's an Elseworld. Yeah. Anything could be happening. Anything could be happening. Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. Man, I would love to. Sick as a dog over here. You sound great, though. Thank you. You look great. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure talking to you this week. It's uh, been fine for me. Th- good. Not momentous in any way, but uh, fine. 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 It was the average—
0: Tanner, this week... sub average. Fine. (laughs) It was fine. This was fine. Baby Nation, this was fine. Thank you for joining us. This week, I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week. This week, we sidestepped a Babysitter's Club book and read instead a Babysitter's Club mystery. That mystery was Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Next time we read a mystery, which who knows when that will be, we're going to read a little book called christy and the missing child that doesn't sound like a mystery that sounds like a, a felony it sounds like a fucking yeah, a catastrophe next time we do a mystery we're going to be reading a book called christy and the missing child until that time and maybe even in between now and whatever you're doing next do us a little favor and uh give us a give us a rating on itunes throw us a review huh? throw us a review even you know just a. Uh, I really like these guys. It seems like they're trying real hard. They're doing their best. They're doing their fucking best.
2: They don't seem very bright, and we can't expect much from them, but they're doing their best. They're trying so hard,
0: these guys. Uh, It makes a big difference for us. Uh, It helps us uh, advance in the rankings on iTunes and be noticed by other potential members of Baby Nation. Um, And our baby army can grow ever stronger much like much like
2: tough man broken swords ghost (laughs) army
0: (laughs) much like tough man broken swords ghost army in the hit book lord of the rings yeah claudia is wearing a bra now the way she talks you would think that boys had just been invented
2: Did you see that movie Ghost Dad?
0: Um, I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with the premise.
2: It's kind of the same premise as what I'm describing. They have their dad back, but he is a ghost and he can't interact with them physically. Physically, or, or you know, kind of in any way that is significant to their upbringing. I mean, can he talk to them? I think sort of, you know, in a way. It's been a very long time since I saw it. I remember one scene very vividly of him standing on the highway d- shortly after he discovers he's a ghost, and he's about to be hit by a bus, and um, uh, he cowers as the bus approaches him. and He's inside uh, the bus. Soon discovers that he's inside the bus, and a woman's um, crotch... At uh, the yes. back of the bus is quickly approaching his face And he's like oh. Crotch
0: uh-huh. Um, It was probably It uh, came out probably 10 years before you were born Aaron
1: I've never heard of it And I can't it, tell if it's a comedy or if it's a tragedy oh, I have no idea Also
2: I'm pretty sure he dies in an elevator accident And I was terrified of elevators <laughs> as a kid Because of that <laughs> Not buses No buses are fun. <laughs>
1: Get a nice crotch in your face <laughs> Who doesn't love it
2: Uh, Okay, forget about Ghost Dad. What were we talking about? (laughs) That was a HeadGum podcast.